0: Today, Eileen, Gabriel, and I are talking about what it looks like to work for yourself and to work for yourself when maybe the whole life or your whole experience of working is working for a company instead of working for yourself. So maybe to start, Eileen, how did you come to this place of working for yourself? And was it a scary thing? Hmm. You know, in retrospect,
1: I probably should have been a little more nervous and, and, and maybe I was at parts, but after 12 years working in my corporate job, which for the most part, I really enjoyed and got a lot out of, I just came to understand I wanted to do something different. Some of what I do as, you know, as a coaching and leadership developer, I was doing in my old work, but it, that wasn't the full job. So I wanted it to be the full job. And, you know, it might've just been that resolve, that desire, like, Ooh, I really want to do this. That made me bypass some of the fear that (laughs) maybe I should have had. Um, (laughs) and, and certainly came later. So, uh, I, I made the decision, you know, probably, six or seven months before my actual last day came at my job and I had given, you know, four months of notice. So it was, it was pretty quick between when I decided and then when it actually happened. And I, it's been great. And there has been definitely fear along the way and nervousness and uncertainty. And, you know, some of the things you just get used to and take for granted in a corporate structure aren't there when you're on your own.
0: Mm. So there's
1: also a lot of discovery. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of discovery, actually, this is assumed, but I should just kind of insert this at the beginning. What kind of kicked off our topic for today was I was sharing with Aline at some point recently that I'm taking a break from my job. So I've been with my current company for over 13 years and through really, really getting engaged in coaching and seeing how excited and fired up process and that work makes me compared to some of the other things that I was doing. I thought, wow, I think I'd like to try to go all in on this. So the backdrop on this whole conversation is, and we're recording this before the fact, so by the time this airs, I'll be close to actually doing this, is I'm taking a break from my job and I'm going to go all in on doing coaching and see where this takes me and what it looks like to build a sustainable business around being a coach and helping people improve their lives.
1: Mm. And I find this such an exciting moment, right? Because what you're talking about is maybe not directly what we're coaching on, but essentially you're talking about living the dream that you have, like digging fully in and fully committing. And that's a lot of what we do in coaching, right? Is helping our clients identify what is the thing that they want so badly that they're really committed to it. And then being with them as they actually go tackle it so you're you're right there
0: <laughs> yeah and, and you astutely pointed out uh, you know why not have a conversation now before you're actually there because it's kind of hard to to look back and be like well that's exactly how I was feeling at that moment so that's right that's also the the reason for doing this too and you know th- yes this has been a long somewhat arduous if you know any if you know me personally you know I don't <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't make I don't think you and I make decisions the same way, But just there's no judgment there. It's just my process is much longer. And Mm. and my wife would say too long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I have to get there. And so yeah, friend of mine that that does coaching, but he wasn't like coaching me per se, but asked me a really powerful question, because we were talking about this idea of like, what would it look like to take a break? And how will you know what it's like to do this if you don't try it? And where has it gotten you that you've Saved money and you're prepared for the future, but you're not using any of it. You're just continuing Mm. to save more money for the future. And he's like, Is that getting you any closer to your goal? And I was like, Not really. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, you always think a little bit more will help, but it doesn't. And so, what we really drilled into and the kind of the powerful question he asked me was because we were going to, I was going down the path of like, Well, if I do this, what if I have too much time? What if I get totally clinically depressed or some horrible Mm. thing happens and I just can't like, do this and he's like well okay that's one maybe that ties into our previous talk about gremlins gremlins, yeah the inner critics and he said what if and this is total perspectives work if you're familiar with coaches training institute terminology he said what if you looked at this not as that but what if this was an experiment Mm. what would be different if you looked at it as an experiment and it was really fascinating and i have these experiences being coached and then coaching other people. I'm sure you do too, which is like, whoa, like it totally like the skies parted. And I thought, Oh, because an experiment, um, I'd learn something. Yeah. Whoa. What a powerful <laughs> I might, perspective. I might not like what I learned, <laughs> but it's that taking action. It's the difference between having all the ideas and the dreams and whatever, and then actually doing something about them and moving towards them. So, so yeah, that's the the process that's kind of been underway and then the step that I'm taking here. Wow. What was your, you're on the other side of it now. What is it like? Like, do you have too much time? Do you, have you caught up on Netflix? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I was just
1: binge watching. Right? Are, you live, are
0: you living the dream?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Such a funny question. Are you living the dream? Because I
0: asked like three questions there. I yeah. broke the coaching rule right there. <laughs>
1: that's okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to break the code and answer them all randomly. And just, you know, it's going (laughs) to pop up. I I tease, I tease. Uh, you know, it is. So I do think I'm living the dream and not in the way of like, cool. After this call, I'm going to go back to my bonbons on the couch and watch Netflix until I fall asleep and take a nap. And, And it's that dream of doing work that I always feel good about, that I, always am excited to do like the proportion of time I spend doing work now that I really dread or really drains me is, is minimal. And, and some of it that probably used to drain me, it just doesn't feel as draining anymore because it's in service of my dream. And so it really does feel like, yeah, living the dream in terms of doing what you really want to be doing, because when you're not living the dream, it's often just that you're not doing the stuff that you really feel like you want to be doing or should be doing or are committed to doing. And, you know, it's not saying I watch Netflix all the time. Although at the beginning, I definitely had that honeymoon period where, <laughs> Hey, you know, I get up whenever I wake up and then I do a little work and then maybe I go to the gym whenever I want. And then maybe I take a nap. <laughs> and, and I certainly had that period where, you know, right at the beginning for entrepreneurs, you don't always have a ton of work necessarily. So there was a period of time where I didn't have a ton to do. And I did kind of just luxuriate in the amount of time. And, and then even that wears out a little bit and you kind of think, well, you know, I don't think I want to go watch another Netflix show or, you know, well, I never turned down a nap, but, um, yeah, I, I, I took advantage of, having some time and, and a little, it was a little bit of corporate detox, you know, just kind of letting that feeling of always having to be somewhere, always having to be productive, make sure you're really busy and showing that you're a great employee and always working and working hard. And gosh, even just saying all that is making me tired.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. The sense of just totally letting down. So what, what advice would you have for me on this side of things in terms of here's some things to do to get ready? Cause I'm like, I'm a planner.
1: Hmm, yeah, okay. Yeah, so one thing that I noticed pretty early on is and and for me I'm a I'm a fairly social person and so the office provided a very natural social environment. You see people every day, you're talking to people every day even if it's just quick, "Hey, how are you doing? How was your weekend? What are you up to?" And you know, being on my own, I'm in my house by myself a lot. So something that um, I ended up doing was being more mindful of making distinct plans with friends or with family or even just phone dates with people, because you could find yourself just by yourself a lot. And even, even introverts, and I'm, I'm an extrovert, but I definitely have some introvert qualities. Even introverts find themselves feeling too isolated. Mm. Um, so that's something that I'd say, you know, find a way where you have a a consistent way of being social with people who matter
0: to you. And that's interesting because I've been remote from my job for mm. 11 of the 13 years I've been at it. And recently in the last, so it's been over a year now, I have a desk at a co-working space
1: uh-huh.
0: that's 10 minutes away. And so I don't consider that myself that much of a social person, but I think there definitely is something to leaving the house. Yes. Physically leaving the house. Um, And I'm like you're saying, making appointments to talk to people. Yes. So continuing to do that. And probably I need to do that on a bigger scale too, as I move forward.
1: Right. Like even, even though you're working remotely, you probably have lots of meetings any given day where you're on the phone actively interacting with people and getting emails that you're responding to and you know, in conversation and email. And when you're generating your own work, you're still doing those things, but it's just far less frequent than with a job that you're fully in, you know, quote, 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So it it even some for someone who's been remote, you I expect you'll probably notice a difference there.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're definitely right. Yeah, in terms of yeah, so my job there's like a lot of online chat that happens. So maybe it's not necessarily on the phone, but yeah, I'm always talking to someone. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. What are you excited about or expecting as you look ahead to a couple of months when you're out there?
0: I think what I'm mostly looking forward to at this point is, is reducing the context switch. Mm. The, The context, in other words, trying to do a good job in each context But then switching contexts or thinking of them as hats. And so in terms of hats that I think of myself wearing, it's like, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a corporate worker. I'm a coach. uh, I also do some podcast producing. Like, there's all these different things. And I think the constant switch between, like, which place am I at? Am I doing Mm -hmm. everything I need to do? Am I on top of it all? And, and then too, you know, the, the corporate day job gets in the way. So I think <laughs> right. it gets in the way of like, oh, uh, I want to do a podcast with Ellie what kind what time can we meet? Oh, we've got to schedule around all these meetings and all these other things. And in my mind, like a lot of that stuff is going to vanish. Mm-hmm. But as I continue to, as I build up my business and work with more and more people, I suppose that that problem will not necessarily go away. Um, but I think I am looking forward to kind of that period of, of, of detox, space, time to think and read and reflect. I mean, one of the, one of the all time favorite times of my life was in 1998 or so. I was about five years into my career, which now shows my age and, uh, (laughs) And basically, like, did the same thing. Well, you know what? This is fascinating. I hadn't thought of it this way. I took a leave of absence. Kind of the same thing I'm doing here. I was working at a big accounting firm in Los Angeles, and I took a leave of absence to go to Europe. And I went to this uh, Christian study center, and I traveled, and half of my days were just spent sitting in this little library, like, reading books and thinking and journaling. And the other half of the day was spent you know, helping out around this place and, uh, doing different things. And so, yeah, having, I guess in some ways it's kind of like a, a little harkens back a little bit to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's also, so I see and hope for some of that, but then ultimately I'm also thinking it's going to require some pavement pounding in terms of, um, how do I meet more people? How do I find more people that can benefit from the ways that I can help them? Right. Um, what does that look like? How do I do that? I have some ideas, but again, in terms of the context, which I feel somewhat limited in my ability to pursue some of those things right now, Sure. Um, one like conflict event. I don't, I, I'm trying very carefully to steer away from, you know, any possible conflicts of interest, um, and then time and those other things. So I think it's twofold. It's one, it's the, the detox, the take a break, the take a mm-hmm. step back, And then the other is, okay, how do I figure this thing out? What's this look like? How do I I manage this in a productive way that it doesn't become totally overwhelming? Although from talking to enough people, my understanding is there's peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. And so that's to be expected.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are ebbs and flows. And certainly when I first left, there was a lot more slowness. And now there's a lot more busyness and a lot more of a full schedule as opposed to <laughs> when I first started it was you want to meet? Great. Anytime Monday through Friday, any of these <laughs> hours, like you choose. And, you know, now my time is fuller with more things. So it's it is a little more limited. But I feel much more in control and much more able to be the one who who dictates when those things are okay. Or, you know, if I see my schedule is kind of busy a certain day, just I just don't offer that. And in my corporate life, I felt a lot more pressure to offer any last free moment I had,
0: you mm. know, to be
1: part of a meeting or take a phone call or or whatever it was. And there's an upside and a downside to that. And I like the upside better now, and and the downside is more tolerable. So yeah, you make you make some you're always making certain trade offs in whatever situation you are. And it's just about determining what are Feeling more in control of determining which trade offs you're making and when.
0: Speaking of trade offs, how did you think of, let me rephrase that, financially? Like, what type of advice do you have there in terms of planning ahead or advice you would give to people in terms of doing something like this?
1: Yeah, for me, there was some amount of luck in terms of not feeling, and it sounds similar to you, not feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to get away from this job it wasn't that kind of situation. And what that allowed me to do was to save money and and put money aside. And Mm -hmm. what I did for myself was essentially save about six months worth where if I made zero dollars, like literally no income coming in, I could make it for six months. And, and that wasn't the case. I wasn't making zero dollars. I certainly wasn't making my original salary right away. So um, that allowed me buffer and it also allowed me to approach this work and talking to people and having conversations not from a position of desperation,
0: which yeah. <laughs> No that, that <laughs> desperation does not sell. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> In any case, but I would say especially coaching.
0: Yes. So um,
1: yeah, that was that was not a place that was gonna be fruitful. And and I think I had a sense of that beforehand. And it, it, it came from more of my pragmatic side of, well, just have Have some savings you can rely on, and then when I was in it, I really realized, wow, it's a good thing I have that because if I didn't, I would feel desperate right now, and I wouldn't be having the same caliber of conversations that I was able to have. So, you know, for me, it was six months, and some things happened that I totally didn't expect, which ended up bringing revenue. And if that hadn't happened, you know, I might've had to have made different choices. So it's hard to say where that could have gone. So some people might feel more comfortable with a year of saving or, um, or, or they might, might not need as much because they already have lots of work lined up or that type of thing. So you kind of have to suss it out for yourself, but I, I did, it did give me a real sense of confidence and groundedness that I could work from, which for me was really important.
0: Mm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. And I've taken a similar approach of yeah, there's a definite financial, um, buffer savings, whatever. And, and you kind of said this, I don't know if you were looking at it this way. I kind of look at it like, well, the more, in other words, depending on how much new income I'm able to generate, that will just put off Mm -hmm. how long that buffer will last right? or, you know, yeah. Or in other words, when I need to start really touching it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And there's the flip side to that, that I've heard from people where, you know, not necessarily having a buffer or not as much of one gives you more urgency and you put in more effort, you get out there more, you take more risks. So there's another side to it too, where there's some urgency that can be created if you don't have that. And I think that can really work for some people. And I, and I know that it has, I I just know for myself that wasn't going to work. But no. I have
0: you know, <laughs> yes, I, for me I
1: curled yes. up in panic on the floor, sucking my thumb, is not gonna get me anywhere.
0: Yes. Uh, but yeah. for other
1: people, it that's that's what gets their juices going, you know? Just the, the same way some people wanna do homework really early and others want, you know, who procrastinate at the last minute man, they fly through it and they really focus and so it's just being on different ends of the same scale.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah so I think what you're saying there is factoring in your personality mm-hmm. temperament, exactly. and, and what motivates you yeah right. i was never i was never an all nighter like Me stay too. up all night in college to do a paper that that was just there was no thrill in that that was just <laughs> depressing <laughs> right. I think I did right. it one time and I was like, never again, this was stupid. <laughs>
1: I know. I think the closest I ever came was staying up until two in the morning. And that was, (laughs) that just felt like death. So I I was the same way. I was, I was not a, not an all nighter type.
0: So what else should we cover here?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think I love that you're doing this before you're taking that leap because there is that sort of that moment right now of what's going on and what it feels like and what's exciting versus what's scary that you, you lose track of a little bit as you get further away from it. So I'm curious for you, um, you mentioned, you know, what you're excited about or looking forward to kind of that, um, not having to context switch all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, what are the things that are, that you're kind of like iffy about or nervous or, you know, unsure about at this point?
0: I think that well, the unsure part I would say is like the biggest, the biggest riddle of all. Which, if I have any clients listen to this, oh well, um, <laughs> is how do I find you all? Like where, mm. where, and how will I find the people that I'm meant to work with?
1: Right.
0: Um, and I'm also really big on this, and I'm stealing this actually from some of my clients. How am I doing that in a way that's John? Uh, because there's a ton of people in the online marketing solopreneur entrepreneur space that like have this formula that everyone's supposed to follow (laughs) so you know you're supposed to write well you're supposed to have a website and you're supposed to have a blog and you're supposed to post on social and even today you're supposed to have a podcast and I do a podcast because it's fun because it's interesting it's it's I just like doing it right. Um, Or you're supposed to write a book and then become a speaker. And there's like this, these like prescribed ways that you're supposed to do it Mm. or the ways that make the most sense. And um, I don't think all those things like really fit me, but I'm open. But, but I think the other thing is I'm open to what could come from that too. So like the thought of speaking on a stage to a thousand people, that's really not anywhere on my radar. Yeah. But I'd have no problem if five years from now, you totally held that against me and was like, look, you said you never <laughs> wanted to do that and you just spoke to 10,000 people. Right. Uh, way, you know, way to go. So, yeah. it's So I think um, in terms of what do I wonder or worry about, it's it's what does it look like to find the people that I'm meant to work with? What is What does that look like? Does that mean... Mm going to conferences, I mean, going to, to networking events, uh, networking events are not exactly my favorite thing per se, especially when it's like, you're just there to network. I have not always rarely, if ever like met people that I connect with in that context. Right. Um, so, but maybe it's finding what's a better place to, to do that stuff. Um, yeah. and then I think as I kind of alluded to before, it's, it's okay, I'll have all this time. But knowing myself, as much as I like time to think and contemplate and really feel grounded, too much of that can also, then the gremlins get too active and mm. have a big party.
1: <laughs> right. So there right. might be,
0: yeah, the best way to summarize that is there might be too many gremlin parties. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> better stock up on candy and yeah.
0: chips. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Poison.
0: Poison (laughs) for. Oh, my gosh. Right. Gremlin poison. Right.
1: Yeah. Actually, I mean, you bring up a good point with that, though, you know, really, which is finding ways to combat that. And part of that is a little bit of the social part I was talking about, Mm because being on your own, there's also no like sounding boards, but you know finding groups of entrepreneurs or friends who have done something similar and staying connected in those ways like really beefing up your resources in that way like people who support you or activities that make you feel re- rejuvenated after you've you know drained your energy um and you know it makes me think I love the perspective that you had earlier about the experiment because part of what you're talking about with you know how will I find these people what will I do will it be this is It will be. It'll be an experiment. You'll do something and you'll decide, oh, wow, that was great. I want to do that again. Or I just, you know, I really didn't like that. And it is kind of an ongoing experiment.
0: Yeah. And two, it's it's there's no failure. Where there's mm-hmm. no, I am a failure if the experiment fails. Right. Like, I don't think Thomas Edison, what was it, like a thousand plus ways <laughs> that the light bulb didn't work? Right. Like, he wasn't a failure on time 100, 500, or 999. He, it was just one more thing that didn't work. Right. So. One more data point. Right. And And, you know, through all of this, it's like, well... I've thought this might be something that I want to do. I've thought that this would give me more freedom and autonomy and, you know, let me like fully more embrace that thing that I really feel like I'm good at and that I'm meant to do. And I could get to the end of it and find out, wow, you weren't, I, I think I would be surprised to find out that I'm not meant to do the stuff, Mm. but maybe I will, maybe I will learn. Yeah. You're meant to do it, but you're meant to do it at your current company. Right Or you're meant to do it, I don't know, at your company and other places. I don't know. So so yeah, yeah. but holding that, I think there is a real freedom and openness that comes from just saying, I'm going to learn something. I may learn some hard, painful things that are hard for me to accept, but I mean, have more information. Really, I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of the end of it is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be living in it and come to the end of it. And say, oh, wow, I got lots of information that leads me to say, go this direction or don't go that direction or, I don't know, keep trying this a little longer. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm part of an entrepreneur's group and I've seen that a number of times from people saying, you know, I've been on my own for five years or 10 years or one year. And they say, you know, I just I like the, you know, X, Y and Z about being part of a company. And they decide to go that as their next step. And mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right and and really, okay, we're talking about this in the context of going off on your own as an entrepreneur, but isn't that our whole life? I mean, aren't we always looking at hey i'm gonna I'm gonna go listen to this music group I haven't heard before. Will I like them? Who knows? if you do like them, you'll end up going and sing more. If you don't, you will never see them again. And right. it's like this feels like a it's just kind of a microcosm of of our lives, which is we're always taking inputs for what's working, what's not working. What do we like? What do we want? Where do we want to go next? And this is just kind of one of those examples of things we do. It just feels big, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) No, and I love what you said about being an entrepreneur. Like this was one of the early, early things that I, when I was working with a coach several years ago that kind of got me on this whole coaching path, her encouragement was, there was this term that someone defined that never really caught on. And it was called the intrapreneur, hmm. which was, what does it look like to be an entrepreneur inside of your company?
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And I was like, what do you mean? I can't be, I have to do, you know, what I'm <laughs> supposed to do and what the boss is. And, and she's like, she's like, okay, well, maybe, but what if you approached your work as a consultant? What if you pretended that each job, each day when you came to your job, you were a consultant or you were an entrepreneur trying to take things to the next level or do things in a different way that had never been done before and really blow things up in a positive way. Wow. And it really changed the way that I started looking at what I was doing because it was like, oh, if I was a consultant, that means I'd have to take a position. I'd have to be giving advice.
1: Yeah.
0: I couldn't be a victim. I couldn't be a victim of my, in other words, I guess what it, and this is one of my big things is personal ownership. Like mm-hmm. it, ins, it, it, instilled the need for like personal ownership and taking a stand for like, what do I think? What do I believe? How can I make a difference here?
1: Right. I love and, that question. Cause it also just seems to invite innovation and new ways of looking at things. Like it's, it's, put well, on it this doesn't exclude and- anyone.
0: It doesn't doesn't say, oh, I work for a company, therefore I just have to, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just working for the man. I just have to do whatever they say. Well, yeah, there's some, there's some boundaries there, I suppose, but there's also a lot of latitude if you look for it.
1: Right, right.
0: And I guess I see the same thing just in general, this whole notion of being an entrepreneur. It's like being an entrepreneur of your life.
1: Whether you're right, yeah. like
0: an entrepreneur in the classic sense or whether you're just like, Well, I'm gonna own my life and try this thing and see what happens.
1: Exactly. I, I've heard that actually a lot of times just through through coaching, you know, thinking about okay, if you were the CEO of your
0: life. Of your life one of the decisions, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I, I'm a CEO question. of my life. <laughs>
1: right, right, exactly. I finally got that title. Woo! <laughs>
0: Yeah, and all you have to do is you don't even have to it's you're just yours, you just have to claim it. Just pick exactly. up the business cards.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. Well any other that was a good question there that kicked off that that train. Um any any other things?
1: I just can't wait to hear what comes next. I hope that we'll do this again so we can hear Oh, we should what,
0: do periodic check-ins. Yeah, yeah. Great what idea. happens
1: like a month in, six months in, <laughs> what, what unfolds and, and what your, what are the data points you're finding in your experiment?
0: All right. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show notes links and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast if you have questions or ideas around the podcast send those to podcast at johnpolster.com